0: Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, Malachi, and Matthew. More. You've heard me say that word week after week after week. So this week I ask you, what have you done for more, with more? Have you surrendered more? What have you done to become more and more part of the army the kingdom, the family of God? Have you gotten that determination that I'm going to get involved, God, where you've called me, where you've placed me? And I'm going to do more for your kingdom. I'm going to do more to fight the enemy, Satan himself, Last week we talked about what is the real war, the real enemy. It's not the flesh and blood that we seem to so easily find ourselves fighting. But it's Satan himself. And of course last week we talked about the fact that even though there's a real spiritual war going on, we have a real God who is real powerful, who is real mighty, who is able to overcome. And he is on your side. If you get in his army, he's on your side. He's fighting with you. And he's already won the war. Are you ready to fight for the souls of your family? For the power of God to overcome the wicked one? Are you ready to fight to see miracles and and great things take place and healings take place and souls changed? I don't know about you, but I'm ready for more of God. And less of me. Less of you. Less of Calvary. And more of him. What is a reservoir? You can answer that. That was a question. holds Holds water. What else does it do? Directs water. What is... A reservoir. We had a picture of a reservoir. It often has water coming in and very, as Scott said, controlled going out. What's a river? Moving water. A large quantity of flowing liquid or substance. It's a river, it moves, it continually moves. I was considering what the difference in comparing these two, the river and the reservoir, this week as I studied. And so much of what we do is reservoirs rather than rivers. A reservoir really is kind of selfish it holds water for whoever owns it, whoever has control of it. It's not sharing it with other people. It's not doing something. with. It. But a river, on the other hand, is, is a flowing down, and it shares, and it brings life, and it brings hope wherever it goes. If you've ever been to northern Minnesota to the start of the Mississippi River... It starts up there and it continues to flow all the way to the ocean. And along the way, it brings life. It brings brings nutrients. It brings uh, uh, that that needed necessary to to bring vegetation for animals to come and drink. And even humans will use it to to take water out of it to use it and clean it up and use it. There's no home for this flowing river And it's kind of amazing that you think about it, that the water cycle, you remember that back in your elementary days when they taught you the water cycle, and a river will actually replenish itself and, you know, it goes back up into the sky and it comes back and it rains and it fills the river and it continues to flow again. It is that continuous process as it flows down the river and then it comes back in and it comes again and it just circles around. That river of life, that river of hope, it continues to give, it continues to bring life to, the, to downstream and the animals and the fish and vegetation. This morning, God is challenging us as a church to become warriors With a tool that many of us would not consider warfare, but I think the the scriptures clearly teach that God calls it a tool of warfare. And it can literally bind us or it can liberate us. And I'm talking about money. Everybody loves it when the preacher starts to get in the pocketbook, right? Right? But I'm telling you this morning, I'm preaching this because I have experienced the freedom of what it is to be obedient to God in the area of finances. To see it as a weapon and a tool that God uses for spiritual warfare. Too many of us treat our finances, our resources, as a reservoir for us to use. We're selfish with it. But rather, I believe that God is calling us to use it as a river, to be a blessing, that it would flow into the lives of others, to downstream, to impact people and the lives of other people and, to, to, and then God, in his amazing ways of doing things, just like the water cycle, he then returns that blessing, not so you can put it in a reservoir, but He returns it as a blessing so you can let it flow. How we choose to use our resources, our finances, I believe helps to determine whether we experience spiritual victory or spiritual defeat. Turn with me and stand with me, would you, for the reading of the word. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 and should be on the screen and we're going to read this together. Maybe it's not on the screen. Do we not have that this week? Okay, don't have it. I'll read it to you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You should have it memorized. We've said it so many times. This is our passage, that our theme verse for this series on, on, the, uh, on warriorship. Then turn with me to Malachi. Chapter 3, starting in verse 7. And yet, the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke The devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay out for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For there were treasure, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Dropping down to verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal of one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, is going to add one cubit to your stature? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Father, thank you for your word. Teach us to fight. Teach us to be warriors with generosity. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God is calling Calvary to be spiritual warriors in the area of finances. He wants to transform our minds and our hearts when it comes to finances in our life. God is calling you to open the floodgates by changing your selfish reservoir heart to a life-giving river that is free from bondage and the limits of a reservoir. God has such freedom for us if we will let the river flow. God has been revealing to me more and more the need to understand that spiritual warfare in the church, in the area of finances. Do you know that in 2017, if you made $24,000 that you were In America, under the poverty level. But yet, in the world, you would be in the top 2% of all income brackets. In 2018, the median, the middle income, not the average, but the middle income in America was $62,175. And if that was you, you would be in the top one-fifth of 1% of all wage earners in the world. One-fifth of 1%. We have been given great resources. We have been given great blessing. And with that comes great responsibility. God is calling us to take what he has blessed us with and use it as a river to bless people. I want to talk about the two hearts this morning. The one is the reservoir heart. In Matthew 25, we have the story of the man and the talents. And he gives them talents, and the first two do something with it, and the last one hides it. Says, If I could just keep it, I didn't at least lose it. Matthew chapter 6, that we read a few moments ago, is talking about the treasures in our heart. And and if we, we build up treasures on this earth that will rust and be destroyed. And then, of course, in Malachi, it talks about the curse that comes with a heart that is not giving, that's stealing from God. I've been asking God, show us the connection, God, this week about spiritual warfare and our finances. But too often we have this heart of a reservoir. We're concerned about us. We're concerned about our needs, our wants, our likes, our dislikes. And then we get these things like HGTV that makes us feel like our house is never good enough. We get all these shows on TV that makes us look like we're just not there. We haven't arrived. And yet we are in the top one-fifth of one percent of all the richest people in the world. Wow. God, help us to not get tied up with a reservoir heart. went to Trinity Bible College at a season when Lowell Lundstrom was president and there are some stories about Lowell Lundstrom and Trinity Bible College but one of the songs that his family used to sing was you never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer because you're not taking anything with you from this earth and we so worry about what other people think about what other people are, are, have. And we want to have more. We want to look better. We want to have bigger things. We want to have bigger houses. We want to have bigger cars. We want to have all this stuff. And we're not taking it with us. It has no eternal value. And as soon as we get tied into that, we have a reservoir heart. And spiritual warfare begins to take place because the enemy gets a hold of us and gets us distracted from being all that God has called us to be. He, God, has given us and wants to give us this heart of a river that flows. And, and allows his, his blessings to flow through us. He did not give them so they could just stop it and put it in a reservoir and hide it somewhere. But he's calling us to be a people with a river's heart. But we have to stop holding on to the realities of this world and thinking that they're so important. In Malachi, he calls it theft. He calls it robbing God, not just for not giving your tithes, but your tithes and your offerings. He says, you are called to be a flowing blessing to people. And when you tie it up and you take what, what, you know, I always hear this, that God, you know, God wants 10% and we get 90% to do with. I don't like, I don't believe that. God gives us 100, he gives us 100%. 10% goes to tithe. The rest he wants to use as a blessing and a flow through us to take care of not just us, but those around us. One of the greatest crimes that I think that ever happened in this country, in America, was that we allowed the government to take on the welfare system that was supposed to be the church's responsibility. We were called to take care of the widows. We were called to take care of the poor. We were called to take care of the hungry. That's scripturally given to us, and we've relegated it to the government. And we then just take more for us. I don't have to give to them. Or we're really good at giving a little. Well, if I do something to make me feel better, I'll give a little bit. But God, what's God asking for us? He's asking us to have a heart of a river that that flows with blessing. And when it goes down that river, it flows and it blesses all those downstream from it. God's calling us to have a river heart. He says when we're faithful with our tithes and offerings, he said, try me in this. Try me in this. Give and see what happens. Will I not open the floodgates of heaven? Now, what we do is we quote that because we want more blessings. And then what are we going to do with those blessings? Put them in our reservoir because we want more for us. Well, what happens if, if, if the economy falls apart and, and I don't have enough? What happens if this happens or that happens? We can do the what if game all day. But what if we trusted God? What if we trusted him and said, God, you are opening the floodgates of heaven. Not so I can put it in my reservoir, but I can put it in my river and bless somebody else. God is calling us to be a river. There are people in our lives, there are things in our lives that God is calling us to do that we have stopped, literally stopped it in its tracks because we haven't been obedient with our giving. God wants to do something in our lives. We've asked God for things and we have literally stopped him because we haven't been faithful. It said that we would be cursed if you did not give. That's pretty... If that's not spiritual warfare, what is? We're fighting the enemy here because the enemy tells us, take care of yourself. And I like to take care of myself. You know, I like steak. I like prime rib. We were talking... This weekend, and Goldie and I are chatting about the past. You know, when I grew up, I didn't have the variety of foods that, that I have experienced as an adult and am willing to try. We went away for a night, and I said, let's find something different, something unique. Let's stop at some weird place and eat, because I want to try something new. That's not me. Get me. I don't do that. Because I grew up on hamburger hot dishes that my mom was the queen at finding different ways to cook and maybe some hamburgers and hot dogs and you know macaroni and cheese and spaghetti that was about it we didn't have fancy food you know now you know kayla has figured out how to make fajitas at home and i'm like oh i can handle this kind of stuff this is good food and uh, we didn't have that growing up but we get a little selfish that i like that good stuff but what is god calling us to do and i know from personal experience That the day that Goldie and I got married 34 years ago in one day, we said the first thing we're going to do, no matter what we're doing, no matter how we're doing it, we are giving to God and to missions. 10% to God automatically, and we're giving to missions. Those are the two things that we have done from day one. We made $125 a week, and we had student loans of like $300 a month. God never once let us go hungry. And he never once, we're, never once in our entire marriage have we ever been laid on a bill. Not on purpose, anyway. Maybe once I missed a bill, but it wasn't because there wasn't money. But God has been faithful because we made a choice that our money was not ours, it's his. We're going to be a river. We're going to be a river. We continuously talk. Always. Something happens. Somebody's need comes up. How can we give? How can we bless? How can we do? We're always, that's always part of our conversation. In fact, when we are blessed, we, we, we get a financial blessing somewhere along the way, we'll always take it and, and a lot of times just put it away and say, we're going to use this to bless somebody. along. God's going to show us but we're going to use it to bless somebody else. Because that's what God's called us to do, to be a river that flows. Because when that happens, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. And it is fun to walk in his freedom to be able to give when he wants you to, to be able to bless somebody else, to not be tied down. And one of the ways that we tie ourselves down is with debt. Debt is the worst thing that has ever happened and it continues to try to tie us down and it limits us to, from making an impact in the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us that our debt is, is a, uh, we, are, we become a slave To the borrower. We become tied to them. We owe them every month. It's there. And Goldie and I are excited that the only thing we owe on is our house. We're thrilled. And we have that plan to get paid off. And God has been faithful. But one of the things that God has been laying on our hearts is that the church has tied itself up with debt. And we need it gone. We have a $48,000 debt here at the church. In the gist of what the world lives in, and you listen to the news, and they talk in millions and billions, it doesn't really sound like it's that much money. But in our world, $48,000 is a lot of money. And God has laid it on our hearts. We have this every five years, the commercial loan has to be renewed. And that is coming up. And because of the way our world is today, we have to renew our loan as a church. And we believe as a board that this is the time that God is calling us to get out of debt, completely out of debt. The loan interest rate would go up, almost doubling from what it was when we we took it. Now, we got this beautiful sanctuary, new chairs, carpet, sound—all that. It's all because of that loan that we got. We've been blessed, but God is calling us to get out of debt. We, at our last board meeting, talked extensively and prayed extensively. Now is the time. We do not want to renew this loan with double the interest rate. It's just not financially um, smart. Over over two hundred dollars a month we put into interest. What could $200 $200 a month go towards another salary, increasing salaries for staff that we're trying to hire, to pay, to do ministry in our community, to feed the hungry, to do whatever God's leading us to do? It goes a long ways. Now we pay over $700 a month just in the loan payment uh, together with the interest. And so if we get rid of that, what God can do? And I believe in all my heart that this loan is a piece of the puzzle that God wants out of our way. And so we're calling on you and asking you, what can you do to help us get rid of that $48,000 loan? Here's the dilemma. July 10th or July 5th, that loan comes due. I'm planning on writing a check for $48,000 and saying it's gone. That's the plan. But we need God to step up through you to help come to that point. I'm excited about what God is going to do. So I'm going to, first of all, ask the board and their wives to come. And then we got some forms here to have you guys fill out if you want to, if you feel led to. We're going to pray in just a moment. We're standing, and you give everybody one of those. Go ahead, go ahead, pass those out. They're just a simple pledge form. We believe that God's calling us to freedom and what He can do when we step out from behind this debt. And we're, over the next three weeks, we're asking you to pray and make a commitment to what God can do through you to pay off this debt. 48 people given $1,000. That's it. 48 people given $1,000. It's done. But maybe you can't give $1000. Maybe you can give 10,000. Maybe you can give 20,000. Maybe you can give 30,000. I don't know. But maybe you can only give 10 or 15 or 5. But you can do something. And the reality is what God is asking us to do? Will you be a river with what he has given you to take care of this in your in our church? I believe it's a moment that God is calling us to. And I am not standing here saying do something that I'm not willing to do. My wife and I each have a check for $1,000, and we're giving the first $2,000. Now we only need 46 people to step forward with a check for, for $1,000. We're believing God. We're believing God. We're believing God. Our board is standing with us. They're going to pledge something. They're, each one of us is making that commitment to do something for this debt, and we're going to see it take place. A couple of things that we can do. One We'd like to have the commitments in by June 4th. That would, be, uh, that would give us some time to, to focus on it. The last thing that we can do is we could allow you to pay it through the end of the year. We could use some, some of our reserves that we have to, to pay for it while you guys pay your pledges. And so we could do that for a couple of... To get it. But we'd like it off the books, completely done at the end of this year. And so we'd like to see that. But we have to pay the debt on July 5th. We have to go up and write the check on July 5th. I'm believing God for that. I'm believing God for that. God has a river that he wants to flow through us. And I believe there is some great spiritual freedom that is coming our way if we will step up and do what God is calling us to do. I'm not a big financial guy. I have never done anything like this in 30 years of ministry, but I believe this is what God has called us to do, to say yes to God to say, yes, this is the end. We are not going to be tied down by the borrower. We are going to be free. We are going to be free to do what God's called us to do and to open up the the avenues of ministry that he has for us in the days and weeks ahead. Would you stand with us? What we're gonna do is we're gonna ask you if you fill one out today and you wanna hand it in, drop it in the box on your way out. Just drop it in there. If you got a check, you're ready to give today. We realize we sprung this on you, so we're not expecting a big uh, response today, but we are asking you in the next two Sundays to bring these back. We'll have some available on the back table all the time. And let's get this thing wiped out. I'm believing God. I'm believing God that this is needs to be done. And so, Father... We, as the leadership, stand together united yes, sir, that this is the call of God on us yes. to be free, yes, sir, Jesus. to be free of this debt. And God, we're asking you to open up the rivers of life to flow through this church as we get rid of this debt and we begin to trust you and see you do great things through our finances. God, some of us in this room are gonna take a step of faith in the next couple weeks and they're going to see the flow of God begin to flow in them like they've never seen before in their giving. There's some in this room who have not tithed God consistently, but they're gonna faithfully start to tithe and give. And God, I pray that you would pour out your blessings on them. Just like your word promises and that God, you would let them be a river that the more that you give, the more that we can give. And God, we ask you to pour out your blessings. We give this debt to you and say, break it in Jesus' name. Set us free in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be here this morning and saying, okay, I can do that. No, you can't divert your ties or your offerings, what you're already giving to missions. This is above and beyond all of that. We, we, God has blessed us that we are seeing God flow through our giving, and we need to see that continue because we have staff to hire. We have things we need to do, and so we are believing God for that. But So this is above and beyond. God, what can I do above and beyond what I'm already doing and see what God is going to do? Maybe you're here this morning. Jared, you want to just play? We you're here this morning, and this is an area that you struggle with. Maybe your finances are in struggle. Maybe you're fighting something this morning financially, and you just know that this is tough for you. We want to invite you to come, and one of us wants to just pray with you as we're around this altar and just believing God. God, let's see some freedom today. Let's see some breakthrough today. Maybe it's that reservoir. God, I know my heart's a reservoir. I'm selfish. I want, I like my stuff. But God, I want you. I want you more. I want you more. I give you my heart. Make it a river. Make it a river. If you need prayer this morning, maybe you're here and there's other things you need prayer for. Maybe you're going through something else physically, um, emotionally, family wise. We want to pray with you this morning. And we want to just be here to to pray with you. So if you have a need, come, let us pray with you.